good morning, Tiffany Fellowship Church. So thrilled to see you today. We want to welcome you here today, and especially uh, also those who are joining us online, our online campus. We're thrilled that you're here also. Happy Mother's Day. We, yes, we received some good news this last week. I don't know if you've been paying attention. By now, everyone should know our country is on the cusp. We are on the cusp. It's not a done deal yet, but it looks to be that the Supreme Court is over, going to overturn Roe versus Wade. Yes. Ooh. I, I mean, can you believe it? In, our, in my lifetime, I never thought I would ever, ever see this. Now, it's not a done deal yet, and we need to pray. We need to be praying, and God is doing this. It's a miracle of God, especially in the political climate we have in our country today. And let me just say something. You'd say, well, Pastor Barry, I don't like it when you get political from the pulpit. Let me just say this. Abortion is not political. It's moral. Abortion is not political. It's moral. We are proudly and un ashamedly pro-life in this church. And that's why we support uh, these women's clinics and everything, because we are pro-life. And uh, I believe God's going to bring blessing on America again when we do what is right and we stop the murder of unborn children. So happy Mother's Day, huh? Right? And I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the women of Tiffany Fellowship Church, but I want to take a moment and honor the pastor's wife, First mother of this church, Rosemary Clare. Over the years, I have been uniquely positioned to observe her. She is without a doubt one of the strongest, courageous, godly mothers of conviction I've ever seen. She is a prayerful, studious, compassionate mother who serves her God and her family in an exemplary fashion. She cares she prays, she serves, she hopes, she forgives, and she believes in her children. And I am so fortunate to be married to her on the subject of her frequent prayers. I love you, Rosemary. Happy Mother's Day. Turn with me, if you have your Bibles, and you should, turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9. Matthew, chapter 9, our scripture text for today. In just a moment, we're going to begin reading at verse 35. But today, I conclude the sermon series, By His Wounds. Today is the last day. Some of you are sitting there thinking, is this series ever going to end? Well, if I can get through all this material today, it's going to end. If not, well, we'll carry over to next week. You know, you never can tell. <laughs> But let me just say it one last time, one last time. Jesus bore our sins and sicknesses on the cross for our forgiveness and our healing. And our healing. Now, I don't fully understand why everyone doesn't experience full manifestation of their healing here on earth. I, I, I confess, I don't understand that. Man, many of us will have to wait, hopefully and patiently, until heaven to see our full healing manifested. But I do believe, and I am convicted, that, that divine healing is for every child of God, every child of God. And we, we leave the whens and the wheres to God. He commands us and calls us to pray 
in faith, to pray the prayer of faith for healing. God honors faith. He's looking for faith. He's pleased by faith. And he responds to faith. And as I said in sermon number two of this series, that the Bible, and especially the Gospels, are literally packed with verses that indicate that our faith is an important ingredient in the divine healing process. And today we're going to take a final look at divine healing, and I want us to conclude where we began. Let's go full circle in this series. I, I want us to conclude where we began, and that is with Jesus. It's all, all about Jesus in the end anyway, isn't it? He is our healer. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And it's by his wounds we are healed. Can you say amen to that? So let's read our scripture text. Matthew chapter 9. Stand with me if you would. And we're going to begin at verse 35. We stand for the reading of the main text. Because in this church, the word of God is our highest rule of faith and conduct. Matthew 9, 35 says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then his disciples, he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his field. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. This is God's word. Can you say amen? amen? Father, bless your word to our hearing and to our obedience, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Today's message is titled, Final Examples of healing by Jesus. Final examples of healing by Jesus. Today we're going to survey the Gospels to make some final observations about how and who Jesus healed. How and who Jesus healed. Now our text is one about many that I will refer to, but let me just point out one important thing from the text. Just one important thing. It's, it's our main text, but we're going to look at a bunch of different scripture texts today. I want you to observe this, and I want, I want this to sit with you for just a few minutes before we move on in this message this morning. In our text this morning, you, you can see that Jesus gives his closest disciples, his named disciples, the authority to, exact, to do exactly as he did. And I want you to see, I put, I put the scripture verses right on the screen. Matthew 9, 35, Jesus went through the towns and villages healing every disease and sickness. And then, and then chapter 10, verse 1, I just read it. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to heal every disease and sickness. He gives his closest disciples the authority to do exactly as he did. Exactly. Now, I thought maybe this is a translation thing. So I went back to the original language, and, you know, my Greek isn't very good, but I've got all the tools, and I can, I can make my way through the Greek, because I wanted to see what are the, the original words in the original language. And I can tell you this morning 
They are exactly the same words in the same order. Would you like me to try to pronounce them just for grins and giggles? Therapio. Therapio, from which we get therapy. Therapio, pasnosos, kahi, malakia, in the Greek. If you speak wonderful Koine Greek, I apologize for, I apologize for my pronunciation. They're exactly the same words in the original language. He gives us the authority to do exactly the same thing he did. Now that's interesting and very meaningful. So this morning I want to take a look at some final examples of Jesus' healing. Again, I'm going to survey the Gospels and I, I want to look at Jesus and how and who he healed this morning. So let me give you five final examples of Jesus' healing. Example number one, Jesus healed everyone who came to him. Now this is from our text this morning. We just read it moments ago. You can go back to your smartphone or your Bible that you have in front of you and you can see that Jesus healed everyone who came to him. Now, we say a couple of things about this. First of all, this includes those who were brought to him or were brought to his attention. Okay, Those who were brought to him or those who were brought to his attention. He heals everyone. I, well, let, me just, let me just say this. We're going to throw it on the screen. There is nowhere recorded in the Gospels that Jesus denied healing to anyone. There's not one person or group of people that came to Jesus and asked for his healing or were referred to Jesus or were drawn to Jesus' attention and asked to heal them where he doesn't heal them. Not one. Look through all the Gospels, you will find not once. I think that's significant. Anyone who came to him or was brought to him or was brought to his attention, he healed everyone. Secondly, in Nazareth, his hometown, because there's some of you saying, well, what about in Nazareth? Well, the fact is he didn't do many miracles in Nazareth. Scripture tells us that, but it's not because he refused to, but because only a few came to him. You get the difference. You get the difference. Now, you know why only a few came to him in his hometown? Well, he tells us in Mark chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, we'll put on the screen. Jesus said to them, a prophet is without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his, home, in his own home. And it says he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. A very few people from his hometown came to him and he healed them. Not because he refused. Not because he went, oh, since you don't have faith in me, I'm not going to heal you. No, they just, they, they, they just didn't come to him. In fact, as we're going to see later, they were offended by him. Okay? So it, it, this is so important to understand, friends, this morning. Jesus healed everyone who came to him or was brought to him or referred to him. Secondly, we're talking about this idea of Jesus healing everyone, including those who were brought to him or brought to his attention. Jesus healed the mentally ill just as he did the physically ill. Now, I wish I could get into it this morning. I cannot. It's the subject for possibly a future sermon or series. Because Jesus healed those who were mentally ill, but he also healed those who were oppressed or possessed by the devil. 
We're not going to talk about that. That's well outside the purview of this series. But I do want to say that Jesus healed the mentally ill just as he did the physically ill. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, 29, I believe, refers specifically to those who are struggling with mental health. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Look at this. And you'll find rest for your souls. You'll find rest for your souls. Those of us who have struggled, those of us who have struggled with mental illness over the years, find great comfort in the fact that Jesus brings rest to our souls, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And as somebody who has experienced mental illness in the past, I have suffered from depression. I thank God that Jesus provided rest for my soul. And if you suffer trauma, anxiety, depression, ADD, bipolar, whatever it is, whatever mental illness or mental sickness you struggle with, Jesus offers the same healing to the mentally ill as he does the physically ill. Take comfort from that. So that's the first example I want to refer to the second example. Number two, Jesus healed according to others' faith. Now what do I mean by this? I'm going to explain to you in a minute. I just want you to understand, Jesus healed not according to the faith of the person who needed healing, but he also healed according to other people's faith. That's so important. And this is so important, and it becomes why we pray for other people. Because Jesus, do you know that Jesus can honor your faith for somebody else? We see this in Scripture. First of all, Jesus responds to the faith of friends. Jesus responds to the faith of friends. Look at Luke chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. When they could not find a way to do this, they wanted to get... These friends wanted to get their buddy into the presence of Jesus, and he was paralyzed, and he was on a stretcher, and they couldn't get him in front of Jesus, so guess what they did? They, they improvised, they engineered a way to get their friend in front of Jesus. Now, this took some calculation, because the Scripture says, I want you to see it, it says, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. They chose a spot. They engineered it. They measured so that when we, look, when we take off these particular tiles and let him down, comes down right in front of Jesus. It's good stuff. Don, you should appreciate that. Construction, they measured, right? Measured twice, cut once. There you go. They didn't... Wouldn't that be funny? It had a bunch of holes in the tile of that ceiling because they kept letting him down in the wrong spot. Right in front of Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, whose faith? The friend's faith. He said, friend, your sins are forgiven. And we see, if we continue to reading, Jesus healed that guy. By the faith of his friend, he saw his friend's faith. Did you know you can have faith for your friend's healing? Jesus healed this guy according to his friend's faith. So when he didn't have it, when this guy didn't have it, he was paralyzed. His friends picked up the slack for him. Let me just, let me just say something. Let me look at everybody in this room. This is why 
You have a community of faith. This is why you, you, you need to be a part of a local church. Why? Because you need to surround yourself with friends who are willing to pick up the slack when you, when you can't find that faith that you need. You'll have friends around you who will bear you up, pull the tiles out, and let you down in front of Jesus. We all need it. It amazes me. Listen to me. It amazes me that some people, they have no use for church. I have no use for church. I don't believe in church. I don't believe in the local church. But when it comes time for them to be, need ministry, or, or even need, you know, to, do, to have a wedding or a funeral, well, then all of a sudden it's like, well, I guess maybe I should have had a church. I should have been a part of a local church. Trust me, friends, every single one of us, every single one of us here, every single one of us on our online campus, there's going to be a time when you're going to need some friends to carry you in front of Jesus. That's what the local church is about. And that's why we have a community of faith. And when you absent yourself from the community of faith, you are absenting yourself from the very people who can bear you up when your faith is weak. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 puts it this way. Paul says it this way. He says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. See, when you are strong, you carry the weak, and when you're weak, you are carried by your friends. That's Christ's law. That's how a community of faith functions. And that's why we pray for each other, and that's why we don't conclude any Sunday morning service without giving an opportunity for you to come forward and receive prayer, because we're your friends, and we'll bear you up when you need it. Sometimes we need the faith of others to carry us through times of personal paralysis. Have you ever been spiritually paralyzed? I know I have, and I've needed the prayer of my friends in my faith community. Prayer by elders, the prayer chain, healing rooms are often, we have often see healings take place according to the faith of our friends and our faith community. So let me ask a question before I leave this example. What kind of friends of faith do you have around you? Seriously, take, take a thought about this. Do you have friends that will bear you up into the presence of Jesus? Or are your friends constantly tearing you down? Perhaps you should have some necessary endings. This guy, can I tell you this guy was healed. Why? Because he had the right friends. Get that? It's huge. He had the right friends. Second, the second example I want to give you of Jesus healing according to others' faith, Jesus responds to the faith of parents. He responds to the faith of friends, and he responds to the faith of parents. Now, let, just let, me, let me tell you, there are too many places in the Gospels 
I mean, there's story after story after story of how Jesus heals people according to the faith of parents. There's too many examples of the gospel, but let me just highlight a few. Can I highlight a few? Especially on Mother's Day, it would be good, wouldn't it? Let me highlight a few. First of all, let's look at Jesus heals the son of a royal official in Capernaum. Jesus heals the son of a royal official in the book. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cite these examples and uh, put references there, and I'm going to count on you to go home and study these out uh, on your, in your own time. If I, if I read everyone, we'll, we'll be here all day. And on Mother's Day, I know some of you are going to pick up some food for Mother's Day, so I don't want to make your food burn. But look, in John chapter 4, verses 46 through, 40, through 53, we hear about a father. Now, listen. We hear about a father who walked from Cana in Galilee to Capernaum. He heard that Jesus was in Capernaum. He lived in Cana where Jesus performed his first miracle. And, and uh, most scholars believe that, that the original Cana, we think we know where it is. We have some ideas where it is. I bet, I've been there. It's about 20 to 30 miles from Capernaum. And back in those days, we say, 20 miles, that's no big deal. I mean, that's a gallon of gas. <laughs> Back in those days, you had to walk it. And you're walking over mountains and you're walking pathways. And so this father heard that his Jesus was in Capernaum. And so he walked 20 miles from Cana to Capernaum to plead to Jesus to heal his son. This guy demonstrates the conviction and commitment of a praying parent. And let me just say to every parent in this room, let me say to every father and every mother in this room, don't give up on your kids. Do not give up on your kids. A parent will go to any length for their child. Walk 20 miles? I'm down with that. The second illustration I want to give you this is that Jesus heals a demon-possessed son of a man with imperfect faith. In Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 27, again, I do not have time to read this whole thing, go home and study it, but we see that Jesus heals the son of a man, Mark chapter 9, verse 14 through 27, and in verse 24, this guy says, if you can, heal my son, and Jesus says, if I can, all things are possible to those who believe, and this guy says in verse 24, he says, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Here's a guy, now listen, listen, this is important because there's some of you, you haven't asked God for the healing of your children because you think you have imperfect faith. This guy had imperfect faith. I, I do believe, but I also don't believe. I'm not totally 100% the way there yet. <laughs> Jesus heals him anyway. You might feel like you have imperfect faith. Help my unbelief. The third example. Jesus heals Jairus' daughter who was dead. Jesus heals Jairus' daughter who was dead. Mark chapter 9, verse 18, 19, and 23 through 25. You can read that story. Let me simply say this. Many of our children are spiritually dead. Many of our children are away from the Lord. They've rejected the faith. They've deconstructed their faith. They're far from God. They're spiritually dead, which honestly is sometimes even worse than being physically dead. 
Jesus heals those who are dead, spiritually dead. So listen, don't give up. Don't stop praying. A parent's faith. The fourth example I want to give is, I think it's the fourth, yes. Jesus heals the Canaanite woman's daughter. Now this is an interesting one. I can't get into the details. But in Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 through 28, Jesus heals this woman. She was a Canaanite. She was a Syrophoenician woman. She was a Gentile. She was not of the Jewish faith. And Jesus said, I've come primarily to the lost house of Israel. To the, Paul talks it like this. He says, the Jew first and then the Gentiles. The Jew first and then the Gentiles. But this woman decides, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to risk everything. Even in the face of radicalism and racialism, she got in front of Jesus. Do you know what the disciples said when this woman came? You Go and read this story. The disciples said, Jesus, tell this woman to leave. Get her out of here. That's what they said. But he says, well, let's see what's going on here. He tests her. He pushes her. He tests her faith. But guess what? He heals her. Why? Because she had great faith for her daughter and he saw that, and he looked at the rest of his disciples and said, I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel. What'd she say? Even the dogs deserve crumbs from the master's table. Her persistent faith, even in the face of racialism, caused Jesus to heal her. She took an enormous risk to get healing for her child, for her girl. Mothers, listen to me. Don't quit. Don't give up. And finally, let me give you one more example. I think this is the last one. Jesus heals the dead son of a widow in Nain. There's a village, small village in Scripture called Nain. We think we know where this is in the Holy Land. My next trip, I plan to go there. It's on my bucket list. I want to visit Nain. Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 15. Jesus heals the dead son of a widow in Nain. Luke says that when Jesus was passing by, he saw this grieving widow, and the Bible says Jesus' heart went out to her. His heart went out to this grieving widow over the death of her son. Listen, listen to me. Jesus cares for hurting and grieving parents. In fact, let me move off from this point by saying this. There is almost nothing more persuasive to Jesus than the faith-filled, passionate, persistent prayers of believing parents. Mothers, listen to me on Mother's Day. The best way that you can be a God-honoring parent to your children is to never stop bringing them before Jesus. Pray for your kids nonstop. Listen to me. On Mother's Day 2022, Jesus hears and responds to your faith-filled, earnest, persistent prayers. So don't quit. Don't give up. Hold on to God for your family. Hold on to God for your family. And let me pause and say this. At the end of this service, we are going to pray for the sick. Our elders are going to come. If you are here this morning and you have a son or a daughter or a grandson or a granddaughter that is, needs 
healing, needs to come back to the Lord, needs refreshment in their faith, I want to invite you to come forward. To the, and when you stand in front of the elders, say, just say, I have a son, I have a daughter. They need to find faith or they need to be healed. We're going to pray. Hold them up. Come, make a move forward to hold on to your family. So that's the second example. Let me look at the third real quick. The third example, final example of Jesus healing. And that is, it's interesting, Jesus sometimes healed progressively. Jesus sometimes healed progressively. Did you know that? Did you know that not everyone who Jesus healed was healed instantly? It's true. Some were healed progressively. And let me show you some examples, and then let me give you some lessons from that. Let me show you some quick examples of people who were healed by Jesus progressively. I don't want you to raise your hand, but I, I was shocked when I began to study this. I was not aware of the full extent of how many people in the life of Jesus, the short earthly ministry of Jesus, were healed by him progressively. We get this idea that immediately Jesus lays his hands on people, and immediately they're healed. Scripture says something different. Let me give you some examples. Two, maybe three. Two, maybe three. Examples of how Jesus sometimes healed. And this is so important because as a precedent, it speaks to us today. First example I want to look at is that Jesus touches twice the blind man at Bethsaida. Jesus touches twice the blind man from Bethsaida. Let's read it. Math, Mark chapter 8, verse 22 through 25. This is, this is amazing to me. Think about the implications of this scripture. They came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. And when he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, let's just pause right there and go, You know what? If you need healing bad enough. <laughs> he spit. <laughs> he spit, took the man by the hand, led him outside the village, and when he had spit in the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus, now listen, let me just pause and say, all of our elders, prayer partners, we're not spitting on anyone today, all right? No one's getting spit on. It's not happening. Okay, still, no. Okay. Just so you know, Okay. <clears throat> Jesus said, do you see anything? Look at this. He spit on him, touched him. Do you see anything? He looked up and he said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Look at this. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Once more. Twice. His sight was restored and he saw everything. Now why? Why do you suppose? Listen. Does Jesus have the power? Why in this instant did it take two times of laying hands on this guy to bring perfect healing to him? Why not in the first touch? Why not right away? And I think, honestly, that Jesus wants us to see that some healings, for whatever reasons, take time. And that's the comfort and the lesson we can learn from this. Some healings take time. Multiple touches multiple prayers. Second example, Jesus heals the ten leopards 
as they obeyed him. Now, I want you to see something, because we, we miss this. When we read this scripture, we miss it. Luke chapter 17, verses 12 through 15. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. Why? Because the law said they were supposed to call unclean and stand at a distance. They stood at a distance and called out in the law of voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. They stood at a distance, and they called Jesus, have pity on us. And he said, go show yourself to the priest. Were they immediately healed? No, look at what the scripture says. And as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give thanks to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This is amazing. As they obeyed, they were cleansed. Progressively. Jesus does the exact same thing with another blind man, only this time he spits in the mud and puts a mud pack on the guy's eyes. You can find this in John chapter 9, verse 1 through 7. He, puts, he spits in the mud, makes a mud ball, and puts the mud in the eyes and says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And when he did, he was healed. The guy goes there with... I think this is where we get the term. Here's mud in your eye. You know, I think it's how we get that term. He puts mud in this, guy eye, this guy's eye and says, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Can you imagine? Hey, somebody help me. I got... And as he did that, he was healed. When he obeyed, he was healed progressively, right? This is weird. As they obeyed, with thanksgiving, Jesus heals. Let me give you some lessons from this, some important lessons. And just we're going to touch on two and then we'll move on quickly. Here we go. The first lesson healing delayed is not healing denied. Healing delayed is not healing denied. Sometimes there are stages to our healing. Sometimes it takes a couple of touches by Jesus. Sometimes spit and sometimes spit and mud. (laughs) But not at these altars, okay? (laughs) But what happens? We don't want to be patient. We want it now. I don't want to be be patient. Pastor Barry, do you know how many times I prayed about this? Yeah. Probably. We, we don't want to wait. <laughs> so what do we do in the delay? What do we do in the delay? And here's the second lesson. And I love what Jack Hayford says. I, like, I can't take credit for this. I read this in the readings of Jack Hayford. It's so fantastic. Look what Jack Hayford says. He's, here's what he says to do between the, between the promise and the provision. He says, kneel in prayer, stand in faith, and walk in obedience. Kneel in prayer, stand in faith, and walk in obedience. That's a great way to put it. Kneel in prayer, stand in faith, walk in obedience. That's everything you do in the delay. That's what you do in the delay. You kneel in prayer, stand in faith, and walk in obedience. Between the promise and the produce, kneel, stand, walk. Kneel, stand, walk. Till you see your healing manifest. All right. 
Fourth example of Jesus healing. Number four, Jesus didn't heal those who were offended by him. Now give me a second to flesh this out. Jesus did not heal people who were offended by him. Matthew chapter 13, 55 through 50, 58, we referred to this a little bit earlier. Jesus comes into Nazareth, his hometown, and what do the people start saying when they see him come in? They say, isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't, this, isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? Look what the scripture says. Underline it, highlight it in your smartphone, and they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town and in his own home. And he did not many miracles there because of their lack of faith. In fact, Jesus had to, to change his base of operation from, from Nazareth to the Galilee because he couldn't do many miracles in his hometown. Why? Not because he refused, but because they were offended at him. They didn't come to him. They didn't believe in him. He's just the son of Mary. Here's the lesson from this story. Listen to me. Here's the lesson from this story. On your journey to healing, refuse to be offended by Jesus. On your journey to healing, refuse to be offended by Jesus. Don't get mad because others manifest their healing before you. Don't get upset at Jesus in the delay. Kneel in prayer, stand in faith, and walk in obedience. Continually do that. Don't blame God for temptations that you can't overcome. Along your journey to healing, along your journey to victory, don't forget to be thankful to Jesus for all the other blessings he has manifested in your life. I remember, how many of you remember when Pastor Kendra was our children's pastor and she was healed of lymphoma? How many of you remember that? Wonderful testimony, wonderful remembrance of our church. Wow, our faith soared when God miraculously healed her supernaturally of lymphoma, cancer. Do you know that during that time there were people that came to me and they were offended at God because he healed Kendra but didn't heal them? Along your journey to healing, don't forget to be thankful to Jesus for all the other blessings he's manifested in your life. It's, it, listen, it's one thing to have imperfect faith. It's another to be offended. It's one thing to not have perfect faith. It's another thing to just go, I'm offended at Jesus. That's the fourth example. Let me give you the fifth, final example of Jesus' healing. Jesus heals today through the ministry of his disciples. Jesus heals today through the ministry of his disciples. And let me conclude with one last passage of scripture, some concluding words of Jesus, and I'll ask the musicians to come. John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, last scripture I'm going to read today from the Gospel of John. 
Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. I will do it. Now this is probably one of the most important scriptures that I've read today. I saved the best for last. Jesus is still healing today, and he is using his church, his disciples. That's what he's doing today. Greater things than these will you do because I go to my Father. Jesus will do greater things in our faith community with our, because of our faith. So let's review quickly the five final examples of healing, Jesus' healing. Number one, Jesus healed everyone who came to him. Number two, Jesus healed according to others' faith. Three, Jesus sometimes healed progressively. Four, Jesus didn't heal those who were offended by him. Number five, Jesus heals today through the ministry of his disciples. Are you a disciple? I'm not talking about a believer. Talking about disciples. I'm going to preach a message on Wednesday at the Bible study, the, the men over at the YMCA, it's called TGIW, Wednesday, Wednesday morning at 6.30. All, any man here is invited to that. I have a special message I'm going to preach. I'm going to ask those men. I'm going to ask them if they're disciples. It's one thing to be a believer. It's another thing to be a disciple. You know that? It's one thing to be a believer. It's another thing to be a disciple. So let me ask you, are you a disciple? Or are you just a believer? You say, well, I believe. Isn't that important? Yeah, the, the devil believes. And he's still going to hell. <laughs> let me ask you some concluding questions, just a few. Let these sit with your spirit for a moment. What kind of friends of faith do you have around you? This is so important. What kind of friends of faith do you have around you? You say, Pastor Barry, I don't need anybody. I don't want to need anybody. I don't have to need anybody. I bet that guy who was paralyzed, thank God that he had some men who are willing to engineer a way for him to get in front of Jesus. If that guy said, I don't need anybody, he probably wouldn't have been healed and never made it in the Bible. If you don't need anybody now, someday you will. Mark my words, someday you will. That's why you get in a small group. That's why you go, you go to the men's breakfast. It's why you get in a women's small a Bible study. It's why when we have greeting time, you, you, you get to know people. You hang out with people in your community of faith because someday you might have a need and who will you ask? Which friend will be able to carry you before the presence of Jesus? Second question. Well, let me ask you one more before we go to that one. What kind of friend of faith are you? Do you have a friend? I know I have some. I have, some, I have a friend or two. They're on the margin. 
all they ever do is ask me for prayer for them. When they never pray for me. What kind of friend of faith are you? Are you willing to carry someone before the presence of Jesus? And finally, are you continuing to kneel in prayer, stand in faith, and walk in obedience? Or are you quitting? Are you giving up? Are you frustrated? Are you offended in the delay? Stand with me if you would. We're going to have closing prayer. I'm going to ask our prayer partners to come at this time. We're going to pray. And again, I want to ask that everyone who has a child or a grandchild who needs healing or a child or a grandchild who needs their faith, if you have a prodigal that needs to return, I want you to come. And you say, well, there's too many people. We'll, we'll get more prayer partners. In fact, let's have a couple more. Eddie, will you and Denise come? I know you're here. Your elders come. Steve, Heather, please. Plenty of people willing to pray for you. Let's pray, and then our worship team is going to sing, and our elders are going to pray. Father God, I come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, name above every name, and I ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, to bring healing to our bodies today. Jesus, just as you did in the Gospels, you turned no one away. You turned no one away. You healed all who came to you, all who were brought to you or to your attention. According to our faith, Jesus, we bring our family, our children, our grandchildren to you today and ask that you touch them and heal them. Lord, bless the prayers of every parent, especially mothers who bring their family to you for healing today. We repent, Jesus, for our lack of patience. If we become offended by you, forgive us. We are heartily sorry. We remember today that sometimes healing is progressive. We remember today that healing delayed is not healing denied. Give us the patience to see that. Help us to keep kneeling in prayer, standing in faith, and walking in obedience. And most of all, Jesus, use us. Even Do even greater things through your disciples, your church, the elders of this church, than you did when you walked the earth. When you return, find, find faith for healing here at Tiffany Fellowship Church. We want to be a community of faith for healing, both now and till you come. We pray these things in the strong name of Jesus and for his glory. Amen and amen. If you need prayer, come forward this morning. God bless you. Thank you for joining us in the Tiffany Fellowship Sermon Series. We truly hope that you were moved by the Word of God. It is our desire to see you built up in your faith, adding to the unity and strength of God's kingdom. You're invited to get connected at Tiffany Fellowship Church. If you're hearing the inspirational words of God for the first time, we would like to extend a helping hand in the decisions that are before you. So be encouraged to contact any of our staff members to meet and pray over the life-changing choices God has for you. As we close, our prayer is that the Lord will richly bless you, showing His kindness, compassion, and love to you. As well, if you are so moved, we would like to afford you the opportunity to give generously in support of this ministry and simply point to our available online giving opportunities. Be blessed in this day. Be continually encouraged by God's Word.